Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Little muggy, little muggy, but that's okay. That's what helps all these trees grow and stuff. Uh, welcome to our party. I'm, this is Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden program. We call it the Gestalt Garden, and I'm your host, horticulturist, Felder Rushing. I've been called the Rolling Stones of Cucumber, mostly because I'm old. Our producer is an awesome Java Chapman. We're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to those of you listening by podcast from all over the country. It's a southern thing, though, so cut us some slack. Coming up today's muggy party, I'm going to give you a heads-up on some stuff you can be doing in your southern garden or not. Share some cheesy music, which I adore being able to do every week here. Uh, but most importantly, we're live here at MPB. I'm going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your garden. Live program, folks. Sit back. Join me. We're going to take a few minutes, do a little bit of news before we start the informal party we call the Geestalk Garden. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture is filled with rushing. So is it Yanny or Laurel or whatever it is? I don't even know what they're talking about in there. I've been out of it on the road a lot. And they're talking about something that blew up the, all the news about a spelling thing or something like that. Anyway, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour or so. Got a few things to yak about, but it's a call-in program. So if you want to uh, keep me from yakking about stuff, because believe me, I got some stuff. I'm retired extension. I can talk for an hour about a pencil, okay? But give me a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring And before we go any further... Let's go down to Hattiesburg. Missy's been hanging on since before we got on the air. Good morning, Missy. Howdy. Good morning. Hello. What's up? Well, I had a shrub in my yard as a child down on the coast, and it was killed by Katrina. But I wanted to get one for my daughter's yard up here in Hattiesburg. Must have smelled it good was, or something. Um, yes. It had little brown flowers. Smell like bananas. No. Th- th- now, that's a magnolia piscata, right? Well, yeah, well, they changed the name, but that's what we're still going to call it. Okay. Well, yeah, I want to get that one. But the, the other one, they they had little bitty um, petals like a zinnia, but they didn't open all the way. They kind of curled over. Well, they're real more kind of a maroonish than brown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's actually a native plant. Uh, it grows out I in the woods. So. It's called, you, you've heard of sweet olive. It smells real good in the fall. Well, that's what the, I thought it was. No, no, no. This that's is sweet shrub. Sweet yeah, shrub. sweet olive has has clusters of little white flower, off white flowers that are intensely yeah, fragrant in the fall. I looked it up the other day, and I yeah. thought, oh no, that's not what it is. And that's right. This is called sweet shrub. The Latin name is calicanthus, and it's a native shrub. It grows out in the woods. Um, oh my goodness! Well, you know, when my parents first built their home, they went out in the woods and dug up all their there you go. stuff to landscape their yard. Now yeah. here, here's the deal, Missy. Uh, you don't you don't want to just get one any place because they're the commercial. They're grown from cuttings, just like most other shrubs. But a lot of them uh-huh. are grown. They don't have that smell. So if it's possible around Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg, you know, it's got a lot of a lot of older gardens. If there's any way you can get in touch with maybe the garden club or something, somebody there who know who has a member who's got one that smells good. You can take cuttings off of that, and they, and they will smell good. But a lot of those you buy in garden centers, those those that carry them, or even online, may not have that wonderful fragrance that you remember from your oh. childhood. But it's calicanthus oh, okay. or sweet shrub. It's a great plant. And by the way, it does best in light shade. It's a woodland plant. Oh, okay. 
Okay, great. And what about the Foscata? Is that shade also? Cause- no, no. Well, it'll take full sun. Now, they'll get pretty big. I had my, my grandmother and my great-grandmother had those things, and uh, I used to hide behind them when they had chores to do. So they get, you know, you want to put one of those where it can get pretty big because it's just uh-huh. no sense in pruning. Don't put a whale in a bathtub is what I'm saying. And yeah. uh, and uh, they, they'll they'll do fine in the light shade. They'll do fun, uh, fine in full sun. But uh, and okay. the, and the, the name has been changed. I hate this, but... You know, it may not be sold as Magnolia Fuscata anymore. It's sold as Michelia Figo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's one of the only Latin names that garden club ladies know. Magnolia Fuscata. Yeah. Well, it's Michelia Figo now. I hate this stuff. It's not, it's horticulture. It's not gardening. But banana yeah. bu- banana bush. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Shoot me an I mean, email one, if you... One other quick question, yeah. if you don't mind. Her backyard is bare, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get a fast-growing tree. Which What's the best thing? Oh, well, you know, it's it's like, you know, what's the best taste in tomato? No two people, certainly no horticulturists or garden experts going to have the same thing. But if you want something really fast, what I would do is plant a group of three of these upright uh, crepe myrtle trees. Okay. You know, a group yeah, of, you know, put, put, put them, you know, five, six, seven, eight feet apart. It doesn't, it seems way too far apart at first, but they'll quickly make a nice little thicket. If you get the upright kind and then cut off all the lower branches and only leave the branches that are going up and outward, cut off all that are running in towards the middle of the tree and all okay. the lower. So only up and out that those plants can double in size the first year. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Just, well, but again, well, thank you so much. Get rid of everything except up and out. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. Thanks. You're, you're a good mom. It. You're a good mom. Now don't helicopter. Uh-huh. Don't kill it. Don't helicopter her yard, mom. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Slide all the way up to Tennessee to Memphis. Hey, Kay, good morning. Good morning. What's up this morning? I want to know when I'm a spo- when I, when I am supposed to dig up my naked ladies. They are died down. They're really not in the way, but I want to get them out of there, and I'll give you every one of them. I, will. <laughs> I would, you know, I, I'd love to say I've got too many naked ladies in my yard, but but, but Java may not understand. <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh, it, I, I will bet there'll be between seventy-five and a hundred bucks. You know what? What you could do, it, and and there's a lot of people to like those because you can hardly buy those things. But what you could do if you're in Memphis is to see if the people over at Lickerman Nature Center or the Botanic Garden, uh, you know, might want to to to, to uh, save them for one of their plant sales because they raise money for funds for all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Now, now, now well, to answer okay, your question, you can yeah. you can dig but them up now. Not? Now that now that their leaves are turning yellow, flopping over, you can oh, dig them up they're now. Well, what, but then you need to dig, and while you still know, and while the ground is moist enough to dig, well, you, I know, I know exactly where they are. Well, if you if you wait, the ground's going to get too hard, Kay. Not because it's in the, almost in the deep of the heart. Anyway, I'm trying to be honest. Okay. Um, the other thing is, there's no cost to design. Uh, okay, Kay, I, we're having a real bad connection here for some reason. I can't quite hear what you're saying. Oh, lost her. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? I I can. What's up? Okay. No, it's my phone. I think it's my phone. I I was holding it. Let's let's, let's get to it then, Kay. What's up? Okay, okay. I I know about dividing irises, but I have forgotten. And I need to dig up and redo. And I know I just, what, I saved the one that bloomed this year. 
Right. Do, so does it matter? Doesn't matter. Dig them up and then cut the leaves back into a fan to keep them from flopping over. And well, then, know, then, I, then then replant the the just those. It doesn't matter what part you know. Even the old parts will put out new growth. The, that little rhizome, but push them down about halfway in the ground so the top of them is still baking in the sun. Yeah, yeah. I know. I That's had it. gorgeous. I've had gorgeous ones. Okay. The other thing is. I have this gorgeous running rose that's on my fence, mm-hmm. and I did not take cuttings last when I should have, and I've got to do some pruning now. It's about to shed its flowers. It has been it's fourteen years yeah, old. Yeah. It's okay. on the property beside me, but I take care of it. Okay. When Here, I take you, that, can I root any of those cuttings? You can. They don't root as well this time of year as they do in the summertime, but you're going to need to take cuttings of what grew this year, but cut the little tender tips of it off. You know, just the stuff that grew out since springtime is going to root better than last year's stems. So anyway, good luck. on We got the Scoot K, and I hope she does a good job of sharing all those naked, naked lady bulbs by is Lycoris squamagera. It comes up pink flowers and no stem. Just in case you're wondering, we're not, you know, Java, you're looking at me. You give me that look. Yeah, I'm just wondering because I know you have the scientific name and then you have the <laughs> common name. That's a very particular common name. Yeah, garden clubs call it magic lily or surprise lily, but the rest of it know it as naked ladies. <laughs> pink thing. Anyway, let's go to Clinton. Hey, Ann, good morning. Good morning. Howdy. Uh, you remember I told you about my one magnolia bloom and you said watch it? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm still uh, counting, and we're up to nine on this little bush. <laughs> <laughs> is this one of those little gem magnolias? Well, it started out as such as a gift to one of the schools. Right. And somebody destroyed it, cut it in half mm-hmm. or whatever, and I didn't. I put it in the bottom part in my yard. And the only thing I've done, like I said, was two years ago, this lady next across the street gave me a big bag of her magnolia leaves. Yep, yep. And I put that around it, and That's... I read in some articles that you had given us at Garden Club that this was, that magnolias like their own enzymes. Yeah, and, and, and they like the, those leaves on the ground. That's what they, that protects their real shallow roots. So anyway, great. This is fantastic news. Well, I've, I've gotten up to, to nine, and I've had other people count them. So okay. I said I'm going to call Felder and tell him that we're all found at least nine. Well, and i got I got to warn you. I don't know if this applies to magnolias, but I've heard if you count your tomatoes, they all fall off. So I'm just saying. I don't know if it works on magnolia flowers. What is that now? If you count your tomatoes, they all fall off. I've always heard that. Okay, so I'm just I'll saying, don't, don't get too many people to count those things. <laughs> well, I just want to be sure they were seeing what I was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Thank you, dear. Thanks, Ann. Appreciate it. <laughs> Woo, we, we hit it rowdy right off the bat this morning, didn't we? I mean, Java. <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, I brought you that mimosa flower in there, that little mimosa flower. They just started blooming. I saw them last week down south. But uh, you said it looked like the flower on the, what was the, some Seuss book. The the Lorax, yeah. uh, the guy, it was, I think it was a truffula tree or a truffula tree or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does look like, uh, but, you know, a lot of people don't like mimosa because they're weedy, because they come up everywhere. So do oak trees, okay? Oak trees come up everywhere, too. So do red buds and dogwoods. Mimosas 
are spreading all over the place, but they're not taking over anything. They're short-lived trees, and uh, pretty soon birds will, uh, will perch in their branches, drop seeds of other plants. Bigger trees will come up and shade them out. So m- m- mimosas are not a horrible thing. I was raised with them. But here's a couple of considerations. They are one of the best hummingbird plants you can have. A lot of people don't have mimosa trees, but where they are, they're covered with hummingbirds. And, uh, and, and, and even though hummingbirds can't smell, these things have a delicate little kind of a honeysuckle fragrance to them. What I like about them, though, if you look at a mimosa flower up close, if you don't like mimosa trees like anything else, do everybody a favor and just take a really close look at it. You may still not like it, but you'll appreciate it. It's a beautiful, delicate, exotic little flower. And if you hold it upside down, I don't think they're really flowers. I think they're flamingo larvae. I think that's where flamingos come from. I don't know. I mean, John, look at it. Doesn't it look like a little baby flamingo? Got that long. I did look. As soon as you said hold it upside down, I looked at it. And they, yeah, they, they might come from there. <laughs> hey, by the way, one last thing before we go to this other call. I was talking to the pub the other night. We get into some pretty oddball topics. We're talking about earthworms, big earthworms. I showed them a picture of one I dug up my yard. It looks like a little snake. I mean, it was huge. And somebody com- commented the fact that earthworms are both male and female. And they can change one to the other to be predominant. So I'm just saying, when you look at your worm this morning, what may be Ernie this morning, the earthworm, might be Ernestine, the earthworm, tomorrow. I'm just saying it's a weird world, okay? People need, <laughs> you're telling me to take it for, okay? <laughs> We've got a caller holding on from Picayune. I'm going to calm down here. There's a, some really neat things going on. I ran into a, a dogwood I'd never really seen before yesterday in, in a garden up in, in uh, um, out from Crawford. Uh, it's a gray dogwood, called gray dogwood. Some people call it swamp dogwood because they grow in the swamp. It doesn't have those big dogwood flowers. It has small clusters of little uh, uh, dogwood flowers. Cornus racemosa. Anyway, got some other things that y- yak about. Big leaf magnolias in bloom. Um, the uh, oak, oak leaf hydrangeas around Vicksburg between uh, the milepost 7 through 9, 7 through 10. They are the most outstanding plants you will ever see, and they're native to Mississippi. We're going to take a quick break, come back with more here on MPB with the Gestalt Gardener right after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Uh, before we go to this call, let me mention this. A sort of, I, I want to hit it a little bit harder. The oak leaf hydrangeas, which are native to the southeast United States, all over Alabama, the hills of Louisiana, Tennessee, Arkansas, everywhere that you have hills and woods. The oak leaf hydrangeas are huge and just dripping solid all up and down the interstates, uh, going to or from Vicksburg, mileposts around 7 to 9 or 10. They are stunning. If you like native plants like gray dogwoods and big leaf magnolias with their huge flowers right now and, and uh, the calicanthus, the sweet shrove we were talking about early, the native, Mississippi Native Plant Society is having their, uh, their uh, big 
annual meeting this weekend. It's going to be up in Startville if you're interested at all in native plants. Uh, native plant conference uh, Saturday and Sunday, May 19th and 20th, Mississippi State University's got lectures, tours, field trip. If you need a little bit more information about that, shoot me an email or just Google Garden, uh, excuse me, Mississippi Native Plant Society. They'll have details about that. A lot of fun, a lot of whole fun. Uh, speaking of that, let's go to uh, Picayune. And see what's up with Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne, good morning. Good morning. What's up? I've got a um a large gumi tree. Do you know what that is? Uh, it's like an I, Asian cherry. Uh, the, 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 yeah, it's a Eliagnus multiflora or something yeah, like that. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That's yeah. correct, sir. But I thought they were bushes. I didn't know they were trees. Well, I don't know. It might be a bush. It, it's 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 not very tall, but it's it's really broad. So I guess it is a bush. Yeah, yeah. There we go. But anyway, it's thrown off a smaller. Uh, version of itself there, about a, about as big around as a quarter, and my my coworker wants it. I was wondering, you know, how well would go about digging up the smaller version of it and transplanting it to him without killing it. You could, Dwayne, if if you do two things. Uh, you know, go. You know, you can't pick up a big root ball without it breaking, and that's what kills little plants. Is people dig too big a, a ball and it breaks. So you know, something about s- smaller than a basketball. Cut all the way around it, straight down with the shovel, all the way around it, mm-hmm. to make sure it's severed from everything around it, and then dig up under it and lift it up like that. Maybe roll a towel or something up under it. Okay. Uh, but also, it's real important to cut it back. If you don't cut it back, you're leaving most of the important roots behind, all the, the, the feeder roots. And before it has a chance to grow new ones, if it's got too much top, it'll you know it'll it'll it'll, it'll die. So cut it back to a foot, foot and a half or so tall. It'll bush back out. I got you. I mean, it's only like one limb right now, but it's about four or five feet long, and it's got tiny gummy berries on it. Yeah. Well, see, um, but, but you know, if you don't cut it back, it's going to suck I, itself dry. So I cut it I back understand. foot, foot and a half tall, and it'll almost immediately bush out. And so when is the best time of year to try to do this? Well, the best time is going to be fall or winter. But, you know, if you want to do it now, the you know, fl- there's plenty of moisture in it. The main thing is cut it back and be sure that you cut straight down all the way around it to sever it from where it's growing off of. Okay, how so, deep? It's not going to have roots more than about a shovel deep. Okay, so if I go a foot deep, I should be plenty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll, you'll feel the big root crunch when you go through it. Okay, so you think that that little one is connected to the bigger tree? Even oh, yeah. It's three or four feet away. Yeah, well, it, it could be, could be. The, you know, this plant is, is one that can spread. It's not as, as infamous as the uh, the Russian olive they have up north, which is an Eliagnus also. It's not that invasive, but I, I don't know. W- whether it's connected or not, cut it back to about a foot and a half or so tall. It seems brutal, but that's the only okay. way it's going to make it. Thank you very much, sir. Good luck on it. Stay, uh, stay hydrated. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. I say stay hydrated. I walked in this morning, and man, oh man, it's not that hot yet. It's going to get, what, uh, 20 degrees hotter before summer's over, 20 more degrees. But uh, it's real, real humid out there, so thick you can lick it. Let's go to Startville. Good morning, Shirley. How are you? Hello? I'm good. good. Thanks for your show. Uh, yeah. Felder. Um, okay, so I heard you speaking earlier about the... Mimosa. I planted a mimosa once when I, I used to live in Mount Carter, Mississippi, in fact, it's Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And um, I made the mistake of planting it too close to my driveway. And uh, so for the lady who was looking for you know, something that grows, and although it doesn't grow as quickly as a great myrtle, it, it is a fast grower. Uh, and um, so we cut it down. It came right back as profusely. It was leaning over my driveway. Then we uh, put a, a hoist to it and 
tied into the little pickup truck trying to pull the root up. Uh, that didn't work, and then we burned it, and it still came back. So it has a tremendous tap root. It does. I, just want, it, I want her to know that. And it's a beautiful tree, but I, I just made the mistake of planting it too too near my driveway. Well, and plus, oh. it, you know, I, I love my most of trees, but, you know, they drop their flowers and turn into little nasty gobs all over your car. Yeah, they do. So, but anyway, uh, he, by the way... Oh, one, my question, my question, though, is do you know, did people have problems with their uh, trees that was blooming this year? Mine bloomed beautifully last year, but this year it, it didn't. They did. They, I, I saw quite a few. You know, it, one of the challenges of, of of my job is it messes up my appreciation of gardening. You know, I see things on trees that aren't there. I see fall colors on plants right now because you know that's just the way I'm trained. And I saw a lot of dogwoods blooming, but I don't really think feel like they were they were outstanding this year. And it might have been because yeah. of last year's really hard drought towards the end when they're starting to set flower buds. It may have been something as simple yeah. as that. But you know, they they come and go in waves. Okay. Okay. Oh, by the way, Shirley, uh, I have a mimosa in my front yard that, here's how I do it. This is really weird. But what okay. I do, you know, because when they bloom, they go to they, they go to seed, they make those seeds, and they come up everywhere. I don't really want that. I like the, the foliage. I like the, the flowers. So what I do is as soon as mine gets through blooming, I cut them back almost to the ground. And we're talking about middle of the summer. Um, which is opposite of when most people prune stuff. But what happens is after that, right. they sprout out these big, long, arching branches the rest of the summer. And I look at them as giant ferns, sort of like big Mississippi tree ferns. And the next year they flower, I cut them down again. So I cut them in the middle of the summer, and I get these big, gorgeous ferns that flower next year. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I like the growth habit. I think they are, in origin, they are from Asia, and yep. they grow... Sort of like, uh, like, uh, uh, oh, what's the what's the dwarf tree that they grow in Japan? I'm oh, the bonsai, bonsai. Bonsai. Yeah. They kind of have a, a, a bonsai growth habit. That's what I like about it. You know, I, growth can... habit. I I just learned from uh, experience not to put them too near to my driveway, <laughs> but they do kind of hard joke. Yeah, well, listen, so. well, Shirley, we uh, love the conversation. We're gonna scoot though, lady. I pre- right. I appreciate it. And she's talking about mimosa tree. Mimosa tree, I was raised with a mimosa tree. The, my grandmother had a pair of them. She painted the trunks white like country folks used to do a lot of, used to play a lot in them. And, uh, uh, again, it's one of those plants people say, oh, don't plant that, it's weedy. Well, shut up. I get it. <laughs> Java, I shouldn't do that, should I? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying naysayers. Come on, this is gardening. It's not a horticulture. Uh, I want to throw out a couple of other things uh, real quick, uh, if I can, um, that I have black swallowtails, those great big uh, butterfly. Our state flower, uh, state butterfly is a black swallowtail, uh, and they're in my garden. And I saw a lot of catalpa trees blooming, uh, big, big clusters of flowers, big leaves, hoping for some catalpa moths that lay eggs that turn into big catalpa worms. Uh, anyway, the weather is just right right now for planting summer and fall stuff. The soil is moist and crumbly. Might get some rain next week to settle the dirt around roots. Uh, garden centers are loaded with stuff, annuals and perennials and herbs and vegetables and shrubs and seeds. Um, I put out some stuff uh, a couple of weeks ago. My okra is up already. I'm watering new stuff really deeply, though. And this is my tip for the week, really. I water stuff really, really deep, 
sometimes twice, you know, to let it really soak in, but not more than once a week. Even the annuals that I set out in this heat, I set out flowers two weeks ago. They've been watered uh, twice. And what I do is I water them around them really, really good. I mulch them and then let it get really dry on the surface. And the new roots, which are pretty fast growing, will grow down deep following the water. If you keep plants wet, the roots going to stay shallow. So you can train plants to have a good, deep, uh, strong root system, not dependent on watering all summer. But the key is to water well, water maybe twice. Then make yourself go away for as long as you can. And then mulch. It keeps worms, it keeps the soil cool and moist, helps worms, and uh, they help roots grow deeper and uh last tip of the week before we take a little break listen to cheesy music uh if you love your lawn if you haven't fertilized it already give it a little fertilizer maybe have, use a good stuff the lawn food half strength don't, don't, we don't need to push it half strength is better than nothing at all uh give it a good soaking w- at least once a month we're talking about two or three times over the summertime, if you never water it all, two or three times a month will help it. Sur- I mean, two or three times a summer, at least once a month. And then this is my my trademark thing: mow high, mow high. That's the key to a good, thick, healthy, deep-rooted lawn. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. I don't sell stuff. It doesn't matter to me what you do in your yard. It does not matter at all. If you want to have a, a fancy English perennial border, if you want to have a bunch of wildflowers and a bunch of, of a, a, a woodland, you want to have a perfectly manicured lawn of the month, it does not matter to me. My job here is to help you do whatever you want to do as long as you're doing it to satisfy you and not the neighbors. Give me a call. We're going to take a quick break, listen to some, some cheerful music. Because uh, I got a little down, I got a little grouchy there. <laughs> I'm going to go get some coffee, hear some cheesy music. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Me and Java Chapman and the whole crew here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we're going to be bringing it back to you right after this. Good day, 
You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Hey, Java, how's your little girl doing? Phoenix, right? Yeah, she's doing uh she's doing real good, you know, getting bigger and bigger day by day. Sleeping. I think we're about uh a month old, four weeks uh <laughs> old now, so yeah. Hug her while you can, man. Hug her while you can. Oh yeah, she can't. She turns fourteen. Anyway, folks, I'm horticulture Bill Ruskin. Hey, uh, I want to throw out something. Mississippi Press Association uh, sends my weekly garden column to dozens of local weekly daily papers in the state. This week is about the important way some of my relatives, my great grandmother, both my grandmothers, my mother, my dad, uh, the, the way relatives help me be who I am, for better or worse, through gardening, and how you can do the same for others. I know space is tight in, in uh, daily papers, local papers, and newsprints expensive, but check to see if yours, uh, if the editor of yours plans on including this uh, this local, timely, seasonal, non-profit garden column. Not your usual how-to advice. But anyway, Mississippi Press Association makes my column available for free to any of the local uh, daily and, and uh, weekly newspapers in the state. Uh, our number is toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Let's slide down to Brookhaven. Hey, Andrew, good morning, sir. Hey, how's it going? Uh, so far, so good. What's you, are you from Pittsburgh? Are you just moving there or what? No, I'm from Brookhaven. Uh, moving to Pittsburgh, though. Uh, just relocating. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I'd always said that wherever I end up, you know, staying, I always want to have a magnolia tree in my yard. Yeah. And uh, I read that um, the magnolia grandiflora is hardy up to zone six or five. And mm, I just, I yeah. wasn't sure if that. Well, yeah, yeah. I've seen them growing at the, they have one outside the Brooklyn Botanic Garden in Brooklyn, but along the eastern sea, you know, you get downhill from Pittsburgh into the, you know, down into the valley, uh, they, they'll grow outside, you know, around Philadelphia. A hard freeze might kill them back. Here's the deal, though, Andrew. There's a really cool one you can take with you and keep it in a big pot. It's called Little Jim Magnolia. Okay. It's a grandiflora, but it's got smaller leaves. Uh, it's the one, if you ride around town, you'll see a bunch of little magnolia, little magnolia flowers all over the place. It's real popular because it's compact. Uh, I've seen them growing uh, in Delaware in big pots. And if it's going to be below, let's say, 10 degrees, you can either throw something over it or drag it in. Because, uh, you know, if it gets down below 10, they suffer. But Little Jim, and not only that, but Little Jim has flowers. I mean, it's a real magnolia, same fuzzy brown bottom of the leaf and all that. But it's the longest blooming magnolia. And so you will wow all those people up in in, uh, the Three Rivers area because it'll bloom as long as, uh, really up into October. It's a really good one for 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 a pot. Perfect. But you wouldn't recommend sticking it in the ground? Well, do you come back home often? Uh... I, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. Well, if you, if you do, and if it dies, come back and get you another one. Okay. 
But Little Jim is compact. It stays closer to the ground. Um, it, you know, it, it it blooms longer, so it's a better choice anyway. And it's right. not a big monster that's going to get up so big that's going to kill you if it dies. Little right. and, little uh, little Jim. Fairly easy to propagate. No, you need to go ahead and buy one. They're you know they're not expensive. Get a little one. A little one. I put a little one out uh, last fall. Last fall, maybe last spring, I don't know. Uh, it was about, oh, waist high when I put it out. It's taller than I am now, loaded with blooms. So they're fast okay. growing, but get a little one that you can throw in the back of the car and take with you. Perfect. And if Thank it you. dies, come back and get another one. I, I, awesome. I tell you what, Andrew, if it dies, I guarantee it live outside. So if it dies, come back and see me. I'll get you another one. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Okay. See, man. I think I'm kidding about that. Let's go to Pedal. Hey, Bobby, good morning. Morning. What's up? Uh, I've got a whole bunch of celebrity tomato plants. Uh-huh. They're about two feet tall. They bushed out real, real well. I mean, just big, thick suckers and limbs you, coming off of you got them. Cage, you, I've ever seen. You got cages around them? Oh, no. I don't do cages. I, I'm one of these that believes that you can't build a uh, personal relationship with a tomato plant <laughs> inside a cage. <laughs> I, uh, I stake every one of them. Okay. Well, anyway, the reason, reason I'm saying because celebrities are bush type, they make a lot of branches, and yeah. they're they're harder to stake than the climbing type. Well, so what's I your cut point? All, I cut all the bottom ones off anyway. But anyway, my soil calls for nothing but nitrogen, and I side dress them. It took me like three or four weeks. I like to put a little side dressing around them. Yeah. But I don't know how much. If we take a measuring spoon, a teaspoon, a tablespoon, whatever, how much of that 34 naught naught would you put? The base of each plant. How about a, a, a pinch? Ooh, that's a little bit. Uh, you know, this this stuff, uh, let me see, three pounds of that, three pounds of of uh, ammonium nitrate will cover a thousand square feet. Mm. <laughs> this stuff is like cocaine to your plants. It just so if, <laughs> if you put a teaspoonful there, you might be going too heavy. That's, that's pretty heavy. You know, try half a teaspoon. Okay. I mean, it's it's really strong stuff. uh, One other quick question. I was told, like, when you side dress your corn with ammonia nitrate and it does not rain, then it's going to evaporate. Well, it doesn't. Uh, It's sort of not, you know, volatile. It's it's not as big a deal if you side dress it and then throw some dirt on it. So if I apply it in, it'll be okay. Yeah, you just but you don't want to spread out too much. So what I would do is I would side dress it and then you know run something down the road, just throw a little dirt on top because you like to throw you you want to throw dirt up to your corn anyway to keep them from flopping over. Yeah, well, that's what I was worried about is is wasting all that ammonia if they don't get a rain. But if I can fly it in, I'm okay. With it. Yeah, just keep in mind that is some stout stuff. So you know a little oh, bit a little bit goes a long way. If you if you're heavy handed, switch over to some like sixteen knot knot or something like that. It's yeah. same kind okay. of same kind of stuff basically. All right, I appreciate it. Good luck, Bobby. Okay, folks, we're just talking to a real hands-on farmer type gardener there. Knows what they're doing, but that's fertilizer commercial fertilizer stout stuff. Let's go to Hamilton. I, Mark, I was just downtown Hamilton, Alabama yesterday. Not making this up. We should come to see me. Well, I mean, I, I was I was on my way from uh, from Huntsville, and I was sort of winding back down the road. And uh, matter of fact, you know, I turned right before we get to the McDonald's. Just to let you know, yep. I know where I was. Yes, sir. <laughs> What's uh, up this morning? Look, I've got some uh, decorative bananas that uh, die back every year, and then every spring they emerge, and uh, they haven't emerged yet. 
and I put my finger down into where they come up from, and it's still hard down in there. It's, yeah. um, uh, does, it hasn't turned to mush yet. Uh, yes. Am I getting excited too early, or are these things still going to come up? Uh, well, you know, if it's not, you know, if they had died, you know, not only would it have been mushy, but it would have been real stinky mushy. So if they're still yeah. firm down there, they can come up. It wouldn't. Uh, uh, are this a big clump or a little clump? Yes, sir. Big clump. What 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 I would do is, uh, you know, at the risk of sacrifice, if you sort of gently dig around a little bit. You got a good rain yesterday, so the ground is. So if you'll just sort of pull some dirt back and see if they've got some of that little new growth coming up yet. If it, yes. it is on and part of it, then it will on the rest. Give it a little bit of t- extra time. And uh, this next, it was an unusually sudden hard freeze that we got in January that, that damaged them, not the normal winter stuff. It was quick right. and deep. Uh, so, you know, next year, just throw a bunch of tree leaves on top of them. That'll help a whole lot. Okay. This year I've bought a few, I believe they're pronounced uh, Musa Baju. If I'm not mistaken, if I've got my pronunciation right, well, that's, are those going to do any better? I probably not. I mean, you know, th- th- there's a place in Louisiana. As a matter of fact, their own line is called uh, uh, I can't think of it right now. Stokes Tropicals, S T O K E S. They have a whole group of colder hardy bananas. I mean, they sell all different kinds of tropical stuff, but they have a whole section of bananas that'll take a lot more cold than others. But Stokes yes, Tropical, I've known Glenn Stokes a long time. He's just a little family-owned place. But main main thing, a whole bunch of leaves. Okay. I appreciate your help very much. Good luck Thank on the mark. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. By the way, there's uh, uh, I got a, an email from a guy named Tom Backy. He said, I love the look of castor beans. I wanted to plant some throughout my garden, but... I've got a little cottage style garden. The castor beans look really, really good, but they could be planted near vegetables. Any problem with the toxins in the castor roots transferring to my veggies? And the answer is no. It's really not. Uh, it, it just doesn't move that way. Um, castor bean seeds are really, really poisonous. The castor beans themselves, not that big a deal. The castor bean plants. But anyway, it's not like it, it will not travel. Uh, through roots to roots of other plants and cause a problem. Now let's go to um, Brandon. Good morning, Karen. Hi. Um, I have a Japanese maple that was just beautiful and big when we moved in 13 years ago. And actually I had another one that was also beautiful. Mm-hmm. It died. This one is has some dead branches. And there is this kind of fungus-looking stuff growing all over the tree. Yeah, little furry, gray, yeah. green-looking things. Exactly, kind yeah. of like a little flat leaf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These I got this one. Pig. First of all, Japanese magnolias will grow better in Canada than they will in Rankin County, Mississippi. Okay. Now, you this know. is a Japanese maple. Maple, maple. Oh, that's, that's what I meant to say. When I okay. said Japanese magnolia. I was looking at a Japanese maple in my head. Okay. Anyway, they grow better further north. Down here, they'll grow fine for the most part. But if they're if they're in full sun, uh, and we have a long wet spell that causes the roots to be shallow, followed by a long dry spell, they tend to get damaged. A lot of times, the leaves curl or whole parts of it. Sometimes the whole plant just dies. Even a mature one from a combination of sunshine, you know, hot sunshine. Long wet spells followed by long dry spells. And yeah. uh, matter of fact, I've lost three of the five that I planted over the past mm-hmm. five or six years of my own garden. And the ones that survive are planted on a little bit of a mound, kind of raised up a little bit, so they don't stay too wet, but not so high that they got to be watered in the summer. Yeah, you know, these are 
full yeah. sun. Yeah. And and again, there's a lot in the growing full sun, but everyone on represents one or two or three that didn't make it because they'd rather yeah. – same thing with dogwoods. About all you can do, Karen, is just cut out the dead stuff, try not to okay. leave any stubs, and then give them a little bit of fertilizer, just a little bit. Those scaly things, those growths on there, are yeah. called they're called lichens. Yeah. L-I-C-A, they don't kill the plant. They're indicators that your plant is struggling. They're the Just symptoms. Breath. They're yeah. the symptoms of a weak plant, it, whether on a crepe myrtle or azalea or I- anything. So they're telling us you need to lighten the load on the plant, thin them out a little bit, a little bit of fertilizer without pushing them too much. And if we go more than a month and a half or so, give them a good soaking. Okay. Thank you so much. Good luck on it, Karen. I appreciate okay. your call. All right. Bye. All righty. I also got an email from Leonard Savoy. He said his tomato leaves are curling. That's just in response to all the weird weather. As long as they're green, tomato leaf curl is not a problem. It just says too wet, too dry, too hot, too something. Maybe com- too, too combination. Now let's go to Startville. Hey, Shirley, good morning. Oh, hi. Howdy. Uh, there was one thing, uh, no, uh, another thing I meant to mention. Um, I, you know, I believe in... Um, uh, recycling, and so I uh, about two years ago I had a pineapple, mm-hmm. and uh, you know how you cut the top off and then then you peel it in that. So I kept the top, and what I did was during the fall I planted it outside, and then the next spring, uh, you know, it was uh, sending out the the palm fronds, and I dug it up. And I put it in a pot, and now I have a, a full-fledged home plant. Isn't that, isn't that great? That's great. It's amazing. And I, I just wanted people to know, you know, don't throw away that top of that uh, pineapple when you, um, you know, use it decoratively or something. Yep. You plant it, it'll, it will bloom into it. I mean, it will that, put out palm fronds and be a nice palm. That, that's how they grow new pineapples. Cut the top all the old and start new ones. Appreciate it, Shirley. Thank you for calling back about that. All righty. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Java, can we do that, that little creepy song before we go into another break? It's a... Why you call it? Why you call it creepy, man? Well, you know, because they're talking about putting putting beans in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horticulture fellow, so let's do that. Take a quick break and come back. Our, our toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. We'll be right back after this. Potatoes love my gravy. Love potatoes love my gravy. Love potatoes love my gravy.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, though, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Phil Russia. We've got the lines wide open right now. I, I guess I must have gotten a little too rowdy there or something, but give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, I just got back from giving a talk in uh, up in uh, near Huntsville, Athens, Alabama. And uh, we had a great, great time. Big, big crowd. Enjoyed it, uh, meeting with folks and all. And I just do want to give a shout-out to the folks in Hamilton and Sullivan and uh, so many of those uh, communities uh, along the western edge of Alabama, especially all the way down into the uh, Fairhope area and further south. We really appreciate y'all tuning in. And uh, give us a call anytime we can help you with your gardening stuff. And I'll give you a shout-out. also want to give a shout-out to folks who live in downtown Macon, Louisville, and and Crawford, because I took little little t- little tours of the downtown area, Louisville, Louisville, Macon, and Crawford. I had a whole lot of fun there. And again, if you get out and about, if you're anywhere along Interstate 20, uh, between uh, Clinton, going towards Vicksburg, the milepost uh, seven, eight, nine, and ten Oakleaf hydrangeas are stunning, just stunning. Let's go to Purvis. Good morning, Janet. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. Good, what's up? Um, I have some Eliagnus silverberry, uh-huh. and I planted them last year. They made it through the snow and everything, but now periodically the whole bush is turning yellow and dying. Yep, uh, unfortunately this is fairly common, the Eliagnus. Uh, when I was studying them in, in school, d- Decades ago, I learned it. What happens is is uh, they grow really, really fast, and they need a strong root system to support all that growth. And if for some reason the roots can't grow deep or wide, and we get a long wet spell that causes some damage to the deep roots, and then a long hot dry spell, the roots get damaged. And next year when they put out all this new growth, it overwhelms a weak root system, and parts or entire plants, a lot of times just parts of it will die. But um, this is almost always caused by roots not being deep or wide and in long wet spells followed by long dry spells. Pretty common with Eli- and a whole bunch of plants for that matter. So not much you can do, Janice, except cut out the dead stuff and also keep in mind that the ones beside it may also be suffering, just not showing the symptoms yet. So give it a good soaking during a really, really dry spell. About the best you can do. Okay, thank you so very much. Okay, I wish I had better news, but this is, you know, pretty common. It happens to me. Happens to me. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Let's slide down the Gulf Coast in Gulfport. Jeffy, what's up? Hey, how's it going? So far, so good. What's up? What You got something creeping around your yard? Yeah, you know, I sent you an email a while back, and I wanted to kind of just... Oh, yeah, with the, uh, with the holes, with the, right? Yes, yes. I wanted to say the suggestion you gave me worked perfectly, and it turned out to be mice. Mice, I okay. Want to say thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, what are you doing about it? Just, I mean, were they eating stuff or just making holes? I can't remember. You know, I couldn't. I wasn't able to tell, but the, all of my roots were starting to get exposed and everything. So I did what you said with the, the upside down pot and a mouse trap. And you got one of them. I got five. There <laughs> were five in there. Wow! Bless your little hearts. And a second question with that, so when they dug stuff up, a lot of the stuff was like in newly seeded areas. Now I have carrots growing.
growing everywhere. It looks like they spread <laughs> the seeds around somehow. And I was wondering, should I just let these carrots grow, or should I like remove them, or try and transplant them? Well, if all up in the corn. If it's well, if it's pretty good dirt, you know, and they can grow a root, you know, the, the, the they'll make you'll be able to harvest those before your corn is ready to harvest. Yeah. So, you know, just thin them out. Make sure, you know, carrots aren't going to make good roots if they're all clustered together. So thin them out to the, you know, a few pretty well-spaced big ones. And let's see what happens. Let's have some fun with it. I just couldn't believe how far spread this mountain tunnel network would have been because there's carrots everywhere. (laughs) Hey, maybe we can harness that energy somewhere. Anyway, appreciate it. Thanks for the follow-up, man. Okay, let's go to a Jan on the road. Jan, what's going on? Oh, my goodness, Felder, it's my crepe myrtle. My mom planted them, and they've been in the yard a long time, but they decided not to bloom last year. Yeah. And I was listening to the radio as I travel, and I thought, well, perhaps you might be able to help me. Once I get there, I want to work around in the yard and maybe give those old crepe myrtles a boost some way. But I'm not sure because I hear a lot of different ideas about what to do. Well, everybody... They are wonderful when they'll yeah. bloom, and usually they're the survivors, but yeah. these, the blooms are not surviving. Them. Yeah. They're well, wonderful for trees, but they're not blooming anymore. Okay, let me let me throw out a couple of things real quick because you're on a road, sound like you're still driving, and we're at the end of the program here, but a couple of things. If you stress a plant... It'll kick it into blooming. I don't mean kill it, but if you'll go out from a crepe myrtle about halfway to the where the branches end, you know, out towards the edge of the branches, and make a few cuts in the ground with a shovel straight down in a big circle about halfway between the trunk and the edge of the branches. This is called root pruning, and it'll shock the plants and stimulate them a lot of times into blooming. I'm not making this up. This is based on plant physiology. This is not a weird voodoo type thing. Cut some of the roots. It happens on magnolia trees. It happens with crepe myrtle trees. Uh, I wouldn't do it with a wisteria because everywhere you make a cut, new new wisteria is going to pop up. But anyway, try some root pruning and uh, try not to push them with too much fertilizer, but give them a little bit every three or four or five years. That's that's plenty. So anyway, this look of the draw. I have a lot of plants in my yard that don't do what they're supposed to do. Uh, I get it. That's just normal. That's part of gardening. And sometimes it's because I did too much. Sometimes it's because I didn't do enough. Sometimes just because they're mad at me, I guess. I don't know. But it happens to all of us. You get bugs and blights and spots and no flowers and all your tomatoes fall off and your Japanese magnolia branch dies and the neighbor's dog and cats are digging in you. It's just gardening. Relax. Breathe in. Uh, And one thing I'd recommend, out of time here, but accessorize. Put something out there that you enjoy. A statue, a a bird bath, a bench, a rock, a bottle tree, whatever. As Clarice says in Steel Magnolias, the only thing that separates us from animals is the ability to accessorize. It'll take your mind off of this other stuff out there. Remember, folks, earth without art is just eh. (laughs) Yeah, it's been kind of wild this morning, folks, but I'm going to go out and do some stuff in my yard, try to beat the humidity a little bit. Going to keep my hat on because I've had a little trouble with sun causing weird stuff on the skin on the top of my head. This is called 
keep your hat on. Stay hydrated. It may not be that hot, but it's so humid that you're losing a lot of liquid right through your skin. So stay hydrated, folks. Uh, again, the uh, Native Plant Society is having their big meeting tomorrow and Sunday up at Mississippi State. Mississippi Native Plant Society, just Google them and take it from there. Uh, the Gestalt Garden is productive Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. Sometimes it's Stink Radio with me. Uh, my producer is a laid-back, hard-working Java Chapman, proud papa of three beautiful children. Our phone greeter today is Kevin Farrell. Got the big guys in this morning. I'm your host, Phil DeRushke, and I'm going to be thinking of all y'all as I get out and do a little pruning, maybe brood a few things. Uh, hope your guard is fair. Well, main thing, for those of us who see every day is another chance to give it another go, go to a garden center, farmer's market. Stop telling your kids to go outside and not, no, t- tell your kids to go outside and not come in until supper. Or better yet, take them on a field trip outside See if you can find an opportunity to show children what we already know that we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week. Mm-hmm.